Planning a trip? Call my friend Jessica Vila from Sweet Bay Travel Concierge at 623-225-9609. While she can book a trip for you anywhere in the world, she specializes in Disney trips. If you're looking for a more luxurious and personalized cruise experience, Jessica can help you set sail in style with Disney Cruise Line's Concierge Level. This service gives you priority check-in and boarding, early access to your stateroom and show seating, free internet, exclusive character meet and greets, a private sun deck, and more. But what if you don't want concierge level and still want to take a Disney cruise? Regardless of your choice, Jessica will make sure that every aspect of your cruise is perfect. She can also book you on an Adventures by Disney world-class travel experience. With over 40 adventures over seven continents, Adventures by Disney provides a culturally immersive, once-in-a-lifetime dream vacation. You'll get VIP treatment, the world's best adventure guides, special activities for junior adventurers, and more. No matter the destination, Jessica will put together that perfect trip just for you. She will literally handle everything. Begin your new adventure by calling Jessica at 623-225-9609 or email her at jessica at sweetbaytravelconcierge.com. That's sweetbay, B-A-Y, travelconcierge.com. Why have a regular vacation when you can have a magical one? To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs, and this is season two of The Mouse and Me. On the show, I'll chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including Imagineers, dancers, technicians, directors, musicians, and stuntmen, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Now, Put on your Mickey ears or your princess crown and enjoy season two of The Mouse and Me. Hello and welcome everyone, listeners, guests of The Mouse and Me. I'm your host, Scott Jacobs. If you haven't already, please take a quick second and subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. It really does help with the discoverability and credibility of the show, and I'd certainly, certainly appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash the mouse and me. All money will go towards recording and editing equipment and advertising. Lastly, follow me on social media by searching the mouse and me. Last week, Jim and I had a great chat about how he got started with the Walt Disney Company, the different performing jobs he had in Disneyland Park and on tour, his transition to Los Angeles where he became a prop master for television and movies, where he worked for Melissa McCarthy, and on the Will & Grace reboot, just to name a few. He also talked about the highlight of his career as a prop master and his thoughts on bringing the Hatbox Ghost to the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom. I know you're going to love the rest of my interview with Jim. We have a great time chatting about what Disneyland snack he recommends for every first-timer, the show that he'd create for a Disney park, and how he'd spend a day with Walt Disney. Buckle up, listeners. For your safety, remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the ride vehicle, and be sure to watch your kids. If any of you folks are wearing hats or glasses, best remove them, because this here's the wildest podcast on the internet. When you walk through a Disney park and come across something that you've made, what goes through your mind in that moment? It's unbelievable. I mean, it really is, because it's like I built, uh, we built a couple uh, gophers for the shooting gallery in Frontierland. So when you go to the shooting, so when you go to the park, Go to the shooting gallery in Frontierland, go all the way to the left, and there's two little potholes down there and shoot them. And the two little gophers that come up, we made those at the shop. And that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. What's the percentage of things Disney has made for them versus buying? And how has it decided what gets purchased and what they craft themselves? Uh, You know, uh, are you talking generally or or from from what I do? Because, I mean, when I worked in resort enhancement, it's a culmination. It's kind of whatever it takes to achieve the look of what has been designed, right? And it's the same with doing props in TV and film or stage, you know, it's however you get there, you know, okay. uh, sometimes, you, you know, buying stuff is, is a little tricky um, because you, you, you fall into, you know, proprietary ownership that somebody else owns of something they built. So you, you, you they stay away from that, you know, so a lot of stuff, most of the stuff, these, there's a lot of talented people that work over at Resort Enhancement that build all this stuff. There, there are some really talented people like 
Ramona and, and Trish and all those people that I've had the honor to work with and who've hired us, man, they're, they're, they're wicked talented. <laughs> and that's why they've been there for a long time. Cause it's a good gig. I mean, you know, sure. People can purchase Disney theme park props and, and recreations of the props from stores in the parks. And they can also go to eBay and Etsy and other websites to buy props. Right. Why do you think this is such a big thing? Why are these props so popular? I think people want to pretend that they own a piece of something that is so magical to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, they, that's why lightsabers are such a big deal. That's why there's whole shops where you build it because you get to own a piece of that world, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. what I think, you know? Of all the props that you've made, which one are you most proud of? I, um, you know, we, early in my career, um, back in the eighties, the way, kind of the way, well, the way that I got started with Paul Byers and I, we worked on horror movies. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, you know, uh, we worked on some of the nightmare on Elm streets. And so Paul and I had to, we got to make some of the Freddy claws. Mm. That was fun. And to have a piece of history like that, uh, we didn't design the original, but we, every movie you had to make your own for that mm -hmm. film. Each, each film had specific needs for, for what the claw would do. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. I, uh, Paul made the saw for Texas Chainsaw Massacre three Leatherface, the movie that Viggo Mortensen was in. Mm -hmm. It's funny how that follows you around. I was actually, there's a place in, in uh, Burbank that uh, sells, you know, um, models and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the guy calling me saying, Oh my gosh, we just got this 25th anniversary leather face in, and it's got the saw that you, that you guys built for the film as a toy. And it's a little big and it's stuff like that's kind of fun, you know, to look mm -hmm. back. And, wow. You know, what's been the most rewarding show or movie that you've worked on? The, I would think Mike and Molly uh, was really rewarding for me. Uh, and Will and Grace, because like we talked about earlier, we're working on the I Love Lucy stuff because I'm such a fan of that show growing up and still am. I mean, if it's on, I stop and it's on, you know, and I'll watch it, even though I've seen the episodes a thousand times. Right. Mm -hmm. But to then be, you know, to be part of that where you're actually recreating it. And then Lucy Arnaz, uh, Desi and, and Lucy's daughter was actually on the show and she played the rough. Can Remember the candy store where they're doing the candies? Right? Yes. Yeah, she played the woman who said, roll it, roll it, you know, and she's the kind of tough one, right? And uh, just working with her was great because she was literally for a week, she was just, you know, dumbfounded because when we we did our homework. I mean, the candies that Sean Hayes and and um, that they're using in the scene, right? We actually, I, we went to C's Candy in Culver City. And they, they're the ones that provided the candy in the original shooting in 1953. Oh, wow. They still had the, the um, recipe. So they brought the recipe out of archives and they made me 75 pounds of the original candy that they made for the, and, and, and Vivian Vance and Lucille Wall were trained at the Culver City facility. So that was really special because it was the actual candy that they actually made. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And we were all you know, off camera with these conveyor belts, putting them down, you know, trying to match, you know, all of that. And Megan Mullally and, and Sean were very funny in that scene, you know. And did you try a piece of the candy? Absolutely. How was it? It was good. <laughs> it it then, better be good. The scene where uh, Leslie Jordan, you know, rest in peace, Leslie. Yes, a yes. Human being, just a funny, wonderful, kind human being. It's very sad to not have him around anymore because he brought a lot of, laughter and joy into people's lives. Um, but the scene with him and Megan Mullally in the, doing the crushing of the grapes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I want everyone to know that uh, we had 1,200 pounds of grapes. Jules Hewer, which was the prop master that worked uh, with me on that. Uh, we got 1,200 grapes, pounds of grapes, and we pulled every single grape off the vine. Oh, wow. So that there wouldn't be any, because they're barefoot in there, you know, so. Um, yeah, I gave three people work for like four days. <laughs> business is very interesting. What'd you do today? Oh, I listened to, you know, music and pulled grapes off. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be, you have to think of that stuff because you don't want someone to get, you know, you don't want someone to get poked or hurt or whatever. Like sure, that. sure. Yeah. Do, do you have any extra fun or special moments or memories with a movie or TV star? Uh, you know, I, I have to come back to Melissa McCarthy. 
you know, we were, uh, theater is the, the thing that I love more than in, in as far as entertainment and all that. I love the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love going to New York and seeing every show that I can see. I just came back from New York in April. I was there for seven days and I saw eight shows. Mm, good yes. for you. Right now, people are like, nerd. I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> um, good but, for you. Uh, talking about theater with her. And, and I remember we were in North Carolina doing Ben, her husband, Ben Falcone, and her uh, first film, Tammy, which was their first little short not you know low budget film that they wrote and produced and it was such a joy that film you know to be there and it was you know we were just doing it you know and i remember her and i sitting having lunch at a coffee shop and just i was just like man you know this woman is you know i don't know i don't get starstruck you know Mm -hmm. Um, but her and i just and we've remained really good friends you know she's just they're just good people and down to earth and and you know they're really um they're very loyal and that's so that's great they keep the same crew the base you know because and why wouldn't you you know i mean working with an actor or an actress is a very intimate affair meaning that you're you know like there's food scenes and there's you know stuff i mean all of that the wardrobe person they're dealing with all of it you know and and you want people you trust Mm -hmm. and uh but i remember her being very encouraging for my theater which i'm doing now you know Mm -hmm. so that's exciting when working on set, were there any prop mishaps or bloopers that come to mind? And if so, how are those issues resolved? Oh, blooper. Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff that happens, right? Um, oh and, now, I know things happen like, you know, an actor might drop something or, or they might push a wrong button or something, but has a prop itself ever failed on its own? Sure. I mean, stuff, you know, stuff doesn't work. Um, I... Uh, you know, I, I had the simplest thing. I mean, this may not be an exciting story, but I remember something very simple. Deborah Messing and, and Sean Hayes, there's a cannoli in a bag and they end up fighting for it. And it's a tug of war and the bag is supposed to rip and the cannoli is supposed to fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And we just, and, and we were in rehearsal and I just, I don't know what it was. It seems very simple, right? So we score the bag, we do this and the thing, they would rip it and the thing would fly out and go off the set and, hmm. and it, we did it like 10 times. And I remember James Burroughs, the director saying to me, Landis, is this thing ever going to work? And I finally, <laughs> ended up, I was like, oh my gosh. And so what I ended up doing was actually getting some grip chain from one of the grips and wrapping it with tape so that mm-hmm. it, it was like, you know, half a pound of metal right, and right. putting that into the bag so that it just dropped to the ground i mean you know stuff like that and it's like being on the fly you have to kind of figure it out i love stories like that as a prop master what union or unions do you belong to i know you mentioned iatsi earlier are there any oh, other unions? yeah it's well no that's the only one for that's you know the international alliance of stage and theater employees and so in, within that umbrella there's local like uh local 44 is the, the art department that i'm under and then there's you know local 80 and which are grips and then local you know 728 which is electricians and all of that okay what's your take on the writer and actor strike i uh i of course support them um i'm a screen actors guild member as well as a actors equity member although they're not striking uh i you know i understand you know we're it's a gray area um it's there you know it's a lot going on there's a lot of new media there's a lot of you know it didn't used to be that way used to be Mm -hmm. like this is who makes movies and then they air on tv now there's you know streaming and all these different platforms and what happens is is there's all these different tiers of payment and we tend to work for less if we're working for one of the streaming services and but it's still the same work right Mm -hmm. and i think the writers though they're they're, the big thing is the ai which really doesn't affect me uh, in my union, but I totally get it. You know, there, I think, you know what, it, it's about residuals. And I know that, you know, I, it's, everybody's just trying to make a living wage. Right. So I think, you know, but I think it's, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's been said and, you know, I don't know, I didn't hear it personally, so I don't know. I think it's, you know, I hope it doesn't go on too long because I know people are suffering already. I mean, you can only go for so many months before you can't pay your mortgage or, you know, Right. Put food in your kid's belly, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I hear different things. I'm hoping that it will be done soon. Uh, when you and I were talking the other day, you said something that was simple, but 
brilliant. You said everyone should be paid what they're worth at every level. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've earned that we've, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm so close to retirement and that I'm, you know, getting older, but gosh, it used to, used to feel like you were special and that you got the job because, uh, because of your talent and because you bring something to the table. It feels sometimes now that it's like, if you won't do it, they'll bring somebody else in who will, and who will do it cheaper. But mm-hmm. maybe that's the way it's always been. I don't know. Maybe uh, my father used to tell me that I lived in a Pollyanna world and I wanted everyone to get along. And I mm-hmm. <laughs> he used to tease me, you know, and uh, I was like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, I was just going to say, what's wrong with that? But uh, I know it's a little unrealistic, but that's OK. Do you think there will be any other long term effects on movie theaters, network television and streaming services? No, I think everything will go right back to the way it was. You know, um, I think. Uh, you know, because it has to, I mean, they're going to get to a point where they're going to start creating content. I mean, mm-hmm. you can only rerun something for so long. Right. 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 Why are things the way that they are in Hollywood and, and what can make it better? Dude, there, it's always been like this. It's just, it's just, it's always been the hierarchy, you know, and I think that's in any business, mm-hmm. you know, the working man versus the, you know, I think, uh, I just think productions, I understand from, from a production standpoint that they want to try to do it cheaper and save money, but it's not always, uh, cheaper is better. Uh, we have this saying that we tease sometimes and stuff like sometimes they'll step on a dollar to pick up a dime, you know, <laughs> uh, we also said, but it's interesting. I'm re I'm, I'm, I'm a little obsessed with, um, we have, I got me TV plus now and at eight o'clock they Monday through Friday, they show the old mission impossible TV series. Nice. Which I grew up with and I'm totally obsessed with. And now I watch it every night. It's like a thing, my little guilty pleasure. And you know, my friends don't call me from eight to nine or whatever. And I'm, and it's interesting because now, and then I bought this book online that was written in 1991 and it's all about the TV series. And it's, it's funny to read it now because it's, it's the same old stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, they, you know, all these executive producers at, at the studio are all arguing that the series cost too much and everybody's fighting with me because the writers wanted, the creatives wanted a certain way. Uh, I think, and I'm going to just say this is, you know, this is just an observation, but there's a lot less creatives creating now. Mm. Meaning that there's a lot of business people that are, creating and sometimes they're motivated by i mean it's all about you got to make a profit and i understand that too because if you don't make a profit then you don't get to keep moving forward right 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 i mean how much is barbie made now oh a boatload right yeah so good on them right so you know it's all about i mean it is it's a business and that's the thing people forget it is it's a business you know it is called show business right right so I think, you know, I, I just hope that, uh, you know, people can, I mean, eventually it's got to end because I think uh, it'll, it, it affects the economy of California really badly because it's not just the studios. It's the thousands of businesses that surround the studios that we shop at. Right, you know? right, right, I mean, right, right. I, dro- I had to drive to LA for a meeting for my, the- this play that I have coming up in September. And I was like, Ooh, I'm at nine 30 on the freeway and I could actually get there in 40 minutes. And I thought, Oh yeah. Cause of all the people that aren't working right now, you know, hmm. and school being out being summer vacation too, but I don't know something. I hope, I hope that smarter people than me come to their senses and we can go back to work. What's something that no longer exists in Disneyland that you wish you could bring back? Um, I'm mad at Tom because he took my answer, but people mover right on top of the list. <laughs> mover. And I loved America Sings. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, I'm hoping because a lot of those creatures that were in America Sings moved over to Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping some of those still stay for the Tiana's, whatever it's called, the Tiana ride. Uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Yeah, there. I'm hoping that some of the frogs and stuff are still going to be because I'm I sure they will. Disney loves to do that. Well, it's smart. I mean, those things aren't cheap, you know. Right. right. Have you been on Rise of the Resistance yet? I have several times. It is remarkable. I I, I agree. I the the, uh, the animatronics now that new technology it's unbelievable. I mean, I don't know. I was just and uh, a girl that. Um, work sometimes in my shop at Grandis was on the team for a year that, that dress, you know, uh, put that together. And 
Oh, that's amazing. It's fun to go on the ride with her because, you know, she was telling me about all the stuff that they did and, you know, all the little set dressing and the little nuances and stuff, you know. It is a wonderful 13 minute experience. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's really clever how they make you wait, wait in line three times. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, but, and, and you don't seem to mind it. No, not at all. I mean, you walk in that room with the stormtroopers and I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like, I, you know, it's crazy. And then to be actually look up at an, an Imperial Walker, I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. The last time I was on that attraction uh, was at Disneyland and the ride broke down. And we're sitting there for 45 minutes. And Ooh. after 45 minutes, they finally rescued us. And, you know, to, to sit on that thing for, what, seven, eight minutes during the actual uh -huh. attraction itself, very tolerable. But right. 45 minutes, those seats are not forgiving. Uh -huh. Oof. It, it, it really was uncomfortable. So thank goodness they rescued us when they did. But walking through part of that attraction and down the back hallways and the stairways, uh, unbelievable. I know it's fun to go behind the curtain sometimes. Isn't it? I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, do you see there's some footage right now that somebody posted of people that were stuck in pirates and they. Yes. Getting out of the boats and walking through the water. People are what crazy. Is, remember? I don't know, man. I used to remember when I grew up, there were consequences. You, you minded your p's and q's and now people just you can't tell them what to do and they'll do whatever the heck they want and i don't know see see i'm sounding old i'm, so, I'm sounding old now i Back am with you kids. though yeah i'm with are, you there's you know there's boundaries you know you know yeah, I, I, and the know? cast and members are yelling hurt, to them stay in the boat stay in the yeah, boat and then if someone gets hurt the first thing they're going to do is sue disney you know and it's like exactly oh, and there, there's so much that they cannot see under that water there are tracks Amen. there are there's a reason for why they're asked you know it's yes you're inconvenienced you know maybe you'll get a free popcorn you behave yourself yeah and people just never cease to amaze me yeah no. No. no well oh well What's a Disneyland snack that you think every first timer must try? Dole Whip. Oh my man! What Dole flavor? Whip. Uh, the the original. The original. Now, do you like just the custard, or do you like the float with the pineapple juice? Uh, anything. Okay, <laughs> as long as it's pineapple. Anything that is attached to the Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, I'm in. Okay. So, just so you know, this this is when your listeners are going to be like, okay, this guy. <laughs> but I love the Enchanted Tiki Room so much that my house is decorated Polynesian. And I have some original posters. And I, you know, it's all very, it's all very, um, well, I, you know what? I live here, right? Mm -hmm. So I like it. But it, my house is very Polynesian. And um, I love the Enchanted Tiki Room. As a matter of fact, I'm making my own tiki bird. Uh, you know, the Barker bird, which was the original bird with the little straw hat and a cane who used to be out in front of the tiki room before it opened saying it's coming and you know anyway you can yes. look up, you look up barker bird anyway i'm building my own you know nice with audio with, with the whole thing you know? oh amazing yeah, taking me a long time it's like one of those things where i where i got a, an electrician guy who's or a girl who's working on it and then they have to leave and i'm like because oh, i'm doing all the <laughs> cosmetics and 3d printed the body and did all that stuff but uh, it's a it's one of my passion projects you know but my grandparents would take me every trip so anybody who goes to the park with me uh just doesn't they just go okay let's go to tiki room you know let's go <laughs> and i go well it's air conditioning and you can eat in there so be nice <laughs> When you think about it, I'd love to see shots of your house. Okay. Well, yeah. I actually built my hallway light. Uh, I was in Atlanta doing a movie, and I was in a, a antique store shopping, prepping for the film. And I look over, and there's a parrot, Tiffany parrot, just by itself. Mm. It was part of something. So I took that, and then what I did is I, you know, how the parrots are the the four main guys. Yes. Uh, I did Jose. So I, I actually welded everything and put the lights on it. And so it's actually, I made it into my hall light. In my, That's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's fun. You know? When I was out at Disneyland in February, Sam and Kate and Savannah, they were all guests on the podcast. We all spent the day together in both parks oh, and we went to the Enchanted Tiki Room because Sam's like, I love the Enchanted Tiki Room. Can we go, can we go to that? I'm like, yeah. of course we can. I, I haven't done that in years. And reliving that, 
Oh, what a treat. It was yeah. more fun than, than I remember. And the voice of, of uh, Jose, it was Wally Boat, who was the, the comedic cowboy in the Golden Horse Review. And the voice of Michael was Fulton Burley, who was my mentor at Disneyland. That's then, amazing. Uh, the, 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 the German guy was Thurl Ravenscroft, so we all know who he is. He's the mm-hmm. broken statue in the, uh, you know, in the Haunted Mansion. And did the voice of "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." Yes, very famous Disney voice. But yeah. Right, so what I'm going to do is take this information you just gave me, and I'm going to turn that into a fun fact that I do on social media. So thank you for okay. that. And also, in the middle of the, you know, where the the enchanted fountain is, uh, in the middle of it, where the water comes up. And oh the, yes, yes. That was actually an espresso bar. And Get the out. Guests were, yeah, because originally, originally Tiki Room was going to be a restaurant. Okay. And they had built this, this set, the middle of it was a, a coffee station where people could come up and make their own espressos. And so when they gutted it, it still has all the guts in it from that, you know, but um, Walt decided that no one would leave. You know, they, they wouldn't be able to turn people fast enough because they would stay and wait for the show to start again. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and people are purists too. They changed the show at Disney World, and people went crazy. Oh yeah, uh, under new management. Oh yeah, no, it didn't. It's back to the original now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, well, who, who do they have? Like Zazu. Yeah, and, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, if it enhances the experience. Yeah. You know, why not? I, I didn't like see that I, version. You know, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, but, and like, I, I remember I was, I was like, Star, Starbucks, really? And really at Disneyland and Thomas Schulteis kind of schooled me. And he's like, Jim, change is good. And <laughs> always been sponsored by, you know, people, Monsanto, mm-hmm. Carnation. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> So, you know, now I'm okay with it. As long as they theme it, as long as they do make it look right, you know. Thomas and I uh, text every once in a while. I, I really like that dude. He is a nice, a good nice person. Well, he's yes, one he of my is. closest friends, you know. We're, we're family, you know. And uh, his husband, Michael, is my, my best friend from college. We actually met doing the Elephant Man together in college, and that's kind of how I, you know, so. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Jim, you get to create a new show for a Disney park. What show are you creating and in what park will it be? I I think um, it could be out in the Fantasyland Theater, which is out by Small World, that mm-hmm. beautiful, ginormous theater out there. And I, I thought of a show called Disney Through the Decades, mm-hmm. which basically, because there's never been a show about that you know, showing how, how it all happened and do it with song and dance and, and video. I think that would be really interesting. Actually, I actually pitched that at Disneyland a hundred years ago as a parade idea mm-hmm. where the floats were different decades, you know, so you had, you know, the first float was all black and white with footage and all that. But I think that there, you know, I think people need to know, I think the history is really important uh, for that park, you know, I think, Agreed. you know, because, and, and things change and all that, but I think that, that what the people that are in charge need to always realize, and I think the Imagineering does, because I know how they're, you know, how they're really um, sticklers for it, the, you know, the detail and always be right, you know, is that the history should be preserved. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Have you seen, so speaking of that theater, have you seen Tale of the Lion King? No. No, I, yeah, I know, I know I'm supposed to see it. I just, I, I went one time and I just, it kind of got out of my, you know, out of my wheelhouse and I didn't get back to it, but yes. Okay. Right. It is a treat. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. All right. What's a Disney movie that hasn't been on Broadway yet that you think should be? Well, I, that one came really quick to me. I thought Lady in the Tramp. That would be, would be a, a good Broadway one. musical. You know, like the show that we did, we did like a, you know, poor man's version of it, but it, it worked, you know, mm-hmm. you have some light, there's, there's plenty of human characters and then all the puppets with the, with the intricacy of puppeteering now, you could really do it right, you know, be fun. Mm-hmm. I think. If you were in charge of the Disney parks, what, well, if any changes would you make? Well, you know, that one was, you know, I actually, Scott, I, I thought to myself, I was like, gosh, how do I, how do I, you know, that's a hard question to answer. So I don't want to, you know. Uh, sound negative but I think that it needs I don't know I I think that there's there's got to be a way to make it affordable for everybody to come to the park Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it, it is but a little pricey. But I don't know what that is, you know, because there's a certain quality that is expected when you go to Disneyland. I don't know, you know, for everybody, but I know for me and for everybody that I'm around that, you know, you, you expect a certain quality. And with that is a price tag. There's a lot of people that work there. You know, I've been fortunate enough and, and to be able to be there at nighttime a lot and see the crew that's there at night doing mm-hmm. everything. So it's, it's like a city. Like all these hidden lights that come up from the buildings and illuminate everything. And then mm-hmm. all the cats that are everywhere, you know, <laughs> I've heard about them. Oh yeah. They're, they're all out, you know, taking care of the, the un- undesirables that are about. You know. Sure. Sure. I feel sorry for the sparrows though. Oh? Just, well, all they eat is popcorn and yeah, that's true. French fries. And they're like the size of softballs, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> living in the bushes like gang members, you know, <laughs> I mean, the popcorn is quite good. Well, yeah, it's butter and salt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I but you know, I try to stay away from it because I, you know, once I start, I understand that. That's why the, the Jack Jack cookie num num is my well, that, that and I'm the gonna, Dole Whip are my cheats. No, 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 I'm gonna go deep on that cookie, uh, and I'm gonna send you a picture of me looking at it. You know, <laughs> darn Skippy, you that better. Really good. It's it's, really it's, good. it's it's heaven in your hand. I think I could probably make that last the whole day. Oh, no. No, nope. no. One bite, on it'll be gone in like three minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. The next time you ride the Incredicoaster, yeah. pay particular attention to like the, the Bunny Hills and uh-huh. Jack-Jack and the last tunnel because right. they pipe in the smell of cookies. Oh, of course they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then there's the cookie cart right when you get off. So of course you you buy a cookie. Smart. Yeah. Smart. You know. I hope you love it. I will love it. I love chocolate chip cookies. Jim, during every interview, I like to play some Disney games with my guests. What do you think? Disney game time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me sit up straight. <laughs> And now it's time to play Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Jim, I'm going to name three things, and you have to rank them in the order you prefer. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. The first Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Mint julep from the Mint Julep Bar. Blue milk at Galaxy's Edge. A good old cup of Starbucks coffee. Okay. Um, Coffee, mint julep, uh, blue milk. Okay. Not a fan of the blue milk or the green yeah. milk, I assume. Yeah, or green milk, whatever it is. <laughs> All right, so just a good old and cup of coffee. Child, that's something I, I don't want to digress too much, but uh, that's years of being traumatized by watching my grandfather dump Oreos into milk and then the milk turning gray and then drinking it. I was, <laughs> I'm still harboring that at 63 years old. I, may, I might want to be able to let that go, right? Uh, that's what it reminds me of. It's like, oh. Yeah. Hey, man. That's your truth. <laughs> That's right. All right. So a good old cup of Starbucks coffee. Absolutely. To, to get you going. To get me to, you know, be able to stay to watch the fireworks. All right. The next Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Carnation Cafe, Blue Bayou, Wine Country Trattoria. Um, okay. Are you Carnation in the middle of Main Street or Carnation at the end of Main Street where they sell hot dogs? Hmm. You choose. Carnation in the middle of, of Main Street, number one, absolutely, because you got to go there and have breakfast. Okay. Um, and because that's where Oscar the chef used to work, and he was the, like, Disney employee that was hired in 1955 and I think retired two years ago. Oh, wow. And he would walk out and you'd see him, and, and I knew him from when I worked there. But, yeah, having breakfast there. And then Blue Bayou, of course. Uh, love it, uh, especially since they, you know, it's better than just wedding chicken. Now they actually have <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, I have a story about the Blue Bayou if you want, if we have time. Yeah, and of course. Then, uh, then the other one, Wine oh, Country Trattoria. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I have the same feeling. I mean, it, it's fine. That there are better places. Yeah, but Blue Bayou is the service is great. Uh, you know, that's why you have waiters, waiters and waitresses that have been there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Literally, you know, because it's just really great service and the food's decent now. Yeah. My only complaint at Blue Bayou is it's so dark in there that it's hard to read the menu. Yes. 
So I had to use the light on my, and now I sound like I'm a hundred years old, but like, you know, I needed the light no, on my it, phone. I get it, but that's, you know, part of the atmosphere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes when the frogs are too loud, they need to try <laughs> So what's your go-to breakfast at Carnation Cafe? Oh, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a purist, but when I'm there, you know, I, I like the, uh, you know, get a, a waffle, Mickey Mouse waffle. Excellent. Okay. Scrambled See. egg whites on the side to make me feel like I'm eating healthy. As I'm pouring syrup and butter all over my waffle. And eating the popcorn uh, full of salt and eating butter. Eating the popcorn later. Yeah. <laughs> After I finish the massive cookie. So I mean, this is good. They're going to need a cart to wheel us out of there. That's right. That's okay. Good. Hey, man, you only live once. Uh, that's what they say. That's what they say. All right. The, the next Huey Dewey and Louie. Phantasmic, World of Color, Main Street Electrical Parade. Phantasmic, and then Main Street Electrical Parade, and then um, World of Color. Okay. So, Fanta- oh, man, Phantasmic had a rough go the last couple of weeks with that dragon. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Makes good social media, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And they're they're down until, what, next year? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's a bummer. But at least nobody was hurt. No, no. Things happen, though, you know? I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you know, it ran for, what, 20,000 shows and never had a problem. And now, you know, so stuff breaks down. It happens, you know? It right, right, does, right. Right? I remember when the dragon caught fire, Maleficent uh, caught fire in Walt Disney World during the parade. And they... Uh, shelve that for however long until they they could fix that. Uh, you know, we we were just over in Disneyland Paris, and they have that same dragon work beautifully. I've seen the dragon since Walt Disney World work beautifully, so I am anxiously yeah, no, awaiting seen, yeah. the the revival of Fantasmic. Hey, since you so have you um, ever seen the footage of the Shanghai Disney Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, it looks so, remarkable. Oh, oh. Just blown away, and the scene, yeah. the, the animation where Johnny Depp is a skeleton, and then he turns and he turns into himself. Crazy. And I know that's done with project. I mean, I I only figured that after I watched it like thirty times. I'm like, oh, okay, he's he's it's black on the back of him, and they're projecting the skeleton, and then he turns. But you know, when you're going by and you see it once, it's just it's. I love all that stuff, that smoke and mirrors, that old theater tricks, you know, things that mm-hmm. sometimes like even adding all the projections and the dark rides that they've done in the snow white peter pan's pinocchio just adding the alice in wonderland adding just the real simple projections from from the actual films it just yes. the experience mm-hmm. it's incredible it's so simple but but unbelievable that's new snow white ride is that's that's money so anybody out there that hasn't been on the snow white ride go take your take the take it it's worth it yeah, it, it, it's not as scary. It's not going well, to completely destroy you now. Before it was about the witch, you know, right? The witch through the whole thing. Now it's actually, you know, and 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 the ride makes sense now because I, I remember before COVID, but, but before they they changed it over, like you know, you you went through the ride and then out of nowhere the ride was over and we're like, what? Like what yeah. just happened? Like we we're, we don't understand you're, you're, how. You're Snow White. Yeah. She's in the beginning. She's like, oh, okay, you'll never see me again. Right. So yeah, it's great. I think what they did is great, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad that they kept the the witch at, at the top when mm-hmm. she opens the curtains. Yeah. Love oh that. yeah, that's great. Oh, but they did get rid of the golden apple that you put your hand on it and the witch cackles. Did you know that? There used to no. be the old book that's right when you walk into the ride, you're going into the interior of the line of the queue. There was a gold book the snow white book and then an apple it was all gold and metal and if you touch the apple it would go <laughs> you know make noise. <laughs> well hopefully they'll bring it back yeah. who who'd i write a letter to i don't know all right well we'll figure it out oh. <laughs> we'll sidebar that okay all right the next huey dewey and louie uh, this takes us to opening day attractions peter pan's flight mr toad's wild ride jungle cruise Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, you're asking me my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably Peter Pan, Mr. Toad, and then the other one. What was the other one? Uh, Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Because okay. Jungle Cruise wasn't really in. Well, opening day. Uh, well, I don't know. I never got to see opening day Jungle Cruise because opening day Jungle Cruise was far different than what Jungle Cruise is now. It was mm-hmm. a serious ride. 
That's right. That's right. It was supposed to really be, you know, and I remember when I first worked at Disneyland, when I first did my orientation, I remember them telling us a story about how you have, when you're dealing with the guests, you have to be honest with them. And whether this is true or not, this is, I remember this. So um, take it for what it is, but apparently uh, a Japanese couple came up to a, a cast member at the jungle cruise and they said, how long is the jungle cruise? And, and the person sarcastically said three days and they left went over to the disneyland hotel checked out and came back to the park to take the jungle cruise and so that oh, was oh wow now i don't you know i remember that it was a long time ago and i'm you know but they you know how do, how you should be honest with the guests and always say what you mean and be upfront. you know mm-hmm. so, i don't know if that was a real story or it was just told for effect but it's funny do you like the new jungle cruise with all the monkeys and all that stuff I think it's I fun. do. I, I do. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that it takes away from the attraction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I dig it. Yeah. I love all those monkeys. That's fun. Yeah. All right. The next Huey, Dewey and Louie takes us to classic attractions. Pirates of the Caribbean, Alice in Wonderland, Matterhorn bobsleds. Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, bobsleds and then Alice, although I like them all. And it's always hard for, to get somebody to ride with me on the Matterhorn because, you know, you have to, they should have a little, they should have one of those mall stations out there with the people that you get in those thing and they rub your back and <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A little rickety, but I think that's part of what makes it scary for me. And I love the, I love the abominable snowman. He's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, fun. I don't know if it's gender related. I don't know if there's a gender on an abominable snowman. They? They. There you go. And it's a scary day. All I know is every time I get on and off the Matterhorn, it seems like I need a shoehorn to get in and out of that thing. Yeah. And by the time I get off of that, yes, I do need that a massage because, boy, does it do a number on my back. It does. And do you remember, I don't know, back in the day, the Matterhorn bobsleds were just a bench. There was no seat dividers. Do you know this? Yes, yes. So if you, you didn't know the person, you, you were like really back <laughs> That's right. You're going to be holding on for dear life. That's know? right. All right. So, so why why did you rank pirates first? Because I because it's just pirates. It's fun. I mean, it's it is magical. fun. It's mm. you know people forget um, you know really that what it is you know the technology that was created for that it was just mind blowing you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now they've fixed some of the obvious stuff because, you know, it's funny now that we've made it more politically correct because it should be because pirates really <laughs> right, right. really break down, them, you know, but it's I love it. I love the fu- it's fun. It is. I love all the, the fire effects and the, the animatronics and just all of that, you know. And in Disneyland, boy, is that attraction just superb. Yeah, it, it really, ever, really is. And you realize, I don't know if you think about it, but. You're really underground. You're way That's underground. correct. Yeah. Giant room underground with that pirate ship when the when you go into the main room, you know? That's you'd think about it. It's like, wow, we're really underground, man. Yeah, cuz uh, there are two drops in Disneyland cuz that second drop helps you get under the train tracks. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. You don't get as wet on the second drop. Sometimes you just get that nasty water on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next Huey, Dewey, and Louie takes us to contemporary attractions. The Incredicoaster, Rise of the Resistance, Web Slingers, A Spider-Man Adventure. Well, I mean, they're different adventures, right? Um, uh, I'm going to say Rise of the Resistance first for me, mm-hmm. then Incredicoaster, and then Web Slinger. Okay. I like Web Slinger, but, you know, it hurt. <laughs> it did. It's a workout. Well, well, after your Jack Jack cookie num num, you could go and work out on website. Well, that's right. Then I can get another cookie later because I see <laughs> that's right. calories from. But no, I mean it's all the tech again. The technology, you know, it's. Uh, I'm still amazed by it. Even in Toy Story Mania, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know? And we're also like blasé now. Oh, you know, but I'm still, you know, think about it. And the fact that it doesn't break down more than it should that it continues to work over and over and over and over again. Right, right, right. Just great. I mean, and, and what I like now in Rise of the Resistance and, and also in the Navi River 
journey in Animal Kingdom is yeah. there are contingencies. Like if the animatronic breaks down, there are contingencies. Like in Animal Kingdom, they'll remove the Navi and then it's a projection. In, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And in Rise of the Resistance, if the animatronic breaks down, then you they hide it and then it's all projection on the video screens when you first okay. enter that room. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you this. Why into the in in the Avatar one? Why do they only have one of those things? Why do you isn't there only one of the the Navi? Isn't there only one of her? Um, oh, I, I I think she only exists at towards the end. I'm saying why is there more of the people? You know, oh, oh, yeah, I, I don't that know. That was why I was disappointed when I went on it, although I liked it. I mean, it's cool at night with all the fiber optics and all that, mm -hmm. it's really cool. But I thought, why isn't there more creatures? You know, because isn't you know, yeah, because it costs 100 million dollars, that's why, <laughs> you know. Although, you know, again, the animatronics now is so good, you know, yeah, and, and I love when the animatronic works at the end, yeah, because it's huge and right. it's beautiful, yeah, all right. The next Huey, Dewey, and Louie. This is Disney sidekicks. Mushu, Pascal, Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket, uh, Mushu, and Pascal. No, okay. no. Pas Jiminy Cricket, Pascal, and Mushu. Okay. You were really quick on the Jiminy Cricket. I love Jiminy Cricket. Oh, yeah? Why? Well, because as a kid, I just always, you know, you know, I was a child of the 60s. So we, in school, we got to see those let your guide be your conscious movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know those, you know, those yes. Cricket, you know, and I, I just fall in love with that character. I think he's, I just love him. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but he's always been like, like I have a um, Preston Blair who um, was one of the animators for Jiminy Cricket. Uh, I bought something at his estate sale. It was a pencil drawing of Jiminy Cricket and then the cell for a 1970s Jell-O commercial from Disney, uh, Wonderful World of Disney. And I just, it's one of my, I love that thing. It's just like, I, and I have a couple statues. I don't know. I've always liked that character a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. And what was the second one? Uh, there's Mushu and Pascal. Pascal I like because I really like that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was actually working with Mandy Moore uh, when she was recording that film uh we were working on entourage you know and uh she was telling me all about it and i thought oh that's going to be great and i really love that film i think it's funny mm -hmm. oh it is it is movie. i think it's well that it holds up and there's just you know a lot of lot, i really like it and then mushu is mushu's good you know mm -hmm. okay the last huey dewey and louie disneyland park epcot animal kingdom that's mean uh, why Oh, because well, I, I mean, because you know, they're all I, I, awesome. Disneyland, obviously, because I grew up with it and I work there and I still continue to uh, work there and do stuff. So that's number one. Then it has to be Animal Kingdom, which I really love because it's like just a ginormous adventure land. Mm -hmm. I love Animal Kingdom. It's and, gorgeous. Yeah, so those are that's the order I would go in for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing Huey, Dewey and Louie. Do you have time to play one more game? Sure. All right, excellent. This game is called As the Nose Grows, Pinocchio True or False. I'm okay. going to give you a statement, and you have to tell me whether you think that statement is true or false. Okay. Here we go. Instead of being locked away in some warehouse, a selection of many Disney movie props have found new homes in the Disney parks. True or false, Disney also reuses and repurposes audio animatronics and props from old attractions in new or existing attractions throughout the park. True. That is true. Do you have a favorite reused or repurposed prop? Yeah, I, I spoke of it earlier, the America Sings characters. Oh, okay. okay. They used in Splash Mountain that I'm hoping are in uh, the Tiana uh, adventure. Okay. Uh, you know, the original Yeti, is in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's great. As you're walking through, uh, right before you get to the elevator, to, to the lift, you, huh? you there's a part where you look down and you see a whole bunch of props, and that's one of them. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so the original animatronics. There's some like that in Star Tours, too, when you go in and you're waiting in line, and there's some of the robots. They have the original paul rubens character that drove the original from the 19 yes that's right there are other items in uh, mission breakout there's an original 1955 disneyland map oh cool and the octopus with the pink bow 
is from the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. Yeah. Yeah. I still I, love when they do stuff like that. I love it. Some of the characters that I play Country Bears. Yeah. They smelled like Lysol and metal. <laughs> that, that's a quote. It smelled like Lysol and metal. <laughs> All right. I have another one for you. Throughout the theme parks, there are attractions that are named after people or characters. For example, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Peter Pan's Flight, Luigi's Rockin' Roadsters, and Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. True or false, at Disneyland Park in Anaheim, there are three attractions that have Walt's name in it. I'm going to say true. If you had the opportunity to change your answer... Would you? Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble from all my... Uh, Okay, so no. False. False. That's false. (laughs) Jim, that is correct. The answer is false. Wait, okay. So it's Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Correct. That's the only one at Disneyland. Oh, yeah, because there's... It's no longer the... Wasn't it Walt Disney's um, People Mover? Wasn't that one, too? Presented by Monsanto? But that's no longer there. I know know it was the Wedway... People yeah. mover, right? Okay. After Walter yeah. Elias Disney, or at least that that's what it was in yeah. Magic Kingdom. Okay, gosh, and you think I would know. Okay, well, that's right. Now, there are three at Walt Disney World. There's Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, mm-hmm. Walt Disney World Railroad, and Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. All right. Now, there's cool something you mentioned about your, your Nana, right? With the Enchanted Tiki Room? Yeah. Tell yeah. me that story. No, she just, it was a, it was kind of a thing between us. She took me uh, and my, and my grandfather, but mostly her, and we would go watch it. And then I remember her taking me to the farmer's market at third and Fairfax and they sell these little decorations. They were plastic parrots on gold, you know, and they would hang them. So she bought like four of them and hung them from her, from her um, porch in the backyard and I would do the show. I memorized the entire show and I would perform it for her and my grandfather. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I have one more for you. Okay. Indiana Jones Adventure, Temple of the Forbidden Eye, premiered at Disneyland in Anaheim on March 3rd, 1995. True or false, the truck at the front of this attraction was used in the very first Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, if I'm guessing, I would say yes. That is 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, it was a guess, but it it makes sense. It's owned and loaned to Disneyland by George Lucas. And another fun fact about the attraction, the show building took over the Eeyore section of the Disneyland parking lot and was so big, they had to reroute the monorail to make room for it. Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. I have one more just real quick. I don't know if it's true or not, but do you know in uh, the right over by Soren over California, there's yes. uh, that station wagon that's loaded up with camping gear? Yes. I heard that that was Roy Disney's uh, actual car. Oh, I'm going to have to do some look, research. Look, look that up. I don't know if it's true. That's Well, good. what I do know for a fact, because I've seen it and I took a picture of it, inside of that vehicle in the back seat, there's a, a, a baseball mitt and a baseball. The yeah. baseball is signed by Mickey Mouse. Oh, wow. That's cool. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So I, when I was at Disneyland in February, I, I feel like I've, I always say that. When I was at Disneyland in February, I, I happened to be walking by that, um, that station wagon. Uh-huh. And there was a father and a young son. The son must have been like six. And they're, they're looking in the car. And so I walk up to him and I, and I said to the kid, I said, excuse me, um, do you like Mickey Mouse? And the kid's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, if you look in that back seat, you see that baseball? Mickey Mouse signed that baseball. And so the father picked him up because he, he, he was too short. So the father picked him up and they looked and the look on his face, man, oh man, that made my day. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really I cool. love those magical moments. Oh yeah. I, I, it's awesome. Cool. Well, Jim, thank you so much for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie and As the Nose Grows, Pinocchio, True or False. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a great time. This has been fantastic.
In honor of the Disney Fab Five, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto, I like to end each interview with my Fab Five questions. Number one, who is your favorite Disney character from the movies? Mary Poppins. Mm, why Mary Poppins? Uh, well, because she's practically perfect in every way. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, something my my niece Jenna said to me once uh, concerning her children. She says, every time you come visit, it's like Mary Poppins is coming. And I remember Aww. that that was like just a great compliment. That mm -hmm. she it meant a lot to me. But I've always been a fan of the movie and I, I like what she stands for. And I like that, you know, she's practical and I like that she's also magical and I'm kind of the same way. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, you know, on the carousel in Disneyland Park, the Mary Poppins horse was dedicated to Julie Andrews. Its name is Jingles. And if you look on the horse, there are four little icons for Mary Poppins and for Julie Andrews. Yeah, I love all that stuff, you know. I, know. I love it, it so as well. Deep, you know what I mean? It just, yep. it, it's fun. All right, the next one. Who is your favorite character to meet in the parks? I, this is weird, but I like, you know, like if I see a character and I want to go up to them, mm -hmm. it's always, it's always Pluto. Okay. Because I played Pluto when I was a kid at Disneyland mm -hmm. and it was different than any other character that I would play. You know, when I was one of the three pigs, people are like, eh, you know, <laughs> and back then I was, the character heads were ginormous, you know, now yes, they were, you know, so they're a little, they're a little off-putting, but um, Pluto is always really sweet and people responded so positively to Pluto mm -hmm. that I have this kind of affection for him. Yeah. Okay. If you could ask any character a question, who would you ask and what would you ask? Well, I think it would be Jiminy Cricket. And I would ask him, where did you find your moral compass? Mm. Is it hard to live life with that? And, you know, I would hopefully the answer would be no, because I think that it's important to have a moral mm -hmm. compass. Yeah. Being, being whatever we do, right? Mm -hmm. you know? If you could have one special quality of any Disney character, what would it be? Uh, I This is, uh, I think, Peter Pan, because I, I think it's important to be young at heart, and I would love to fly. Mm. I would really love to fly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's probably a very uh, generic answer, but it's so true, you know. I mean, yeah, it's 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 your truth. It is true, you know. Yeah, and I love the fact that we're, you know, I think it's important to be young at heart. I mean, it's also important important to be practical, but it's also important to have fun and and you know, don't you know, life's hard enough if you can if you can escape a little bit and and uh, you know, right. That's like when I go to Disneyland, I try not to, people get so worked up. Ah, oh, the crowds, the price, this, it's hot. But then why are you here? This right. is place right. to let go, you know, let go. You know? Right. I remember my dad asked me this years ago and, and it didn't come from, from a, a bad or negative place. It, it was just, you know, truly a, a place of just question. He, he said, I don't understand. Why do you love Disney so much? Well, why do you like going to the parks? You, you go all the time. And I said, well, whenever I walk through those gates, no matter what's happening in the world, all of that melts away. And I'm focused on fun. I'm focused on my memories of Disney when you and mom took me. I'm focused on these new memories that I'm making. I have the sights and the sounds and the experiences of all these attractions. And I don't have a worry in the world. It's fun. Right. And then he joined us. My parents joined us uh, in, in the parks uh, on, on one of our trips out to Disneyland. And I'm walking behind my parents and I take a picture of them. They're holding hands. And it was so beautiful. And later in the day, my dad said, hey, uh, do, do you remember when I asked you that question about you know why you love Disney so much? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I get it now. Whew. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Because you know what? All that other stuff is going to be waiting for you in the parking structure. Mm -hmm. All that other stuff that, yeah. you know, that's going to be there. You know, I, I get it. No, that's really sweet. Good for your dad. Good for your yeah. dad. To, and good for you. Good on your dad for telling you that. Uh, yeah. I, 
I love that moment. My dad, my dad was a, a businessman. Uh, he was actually a baseball player when he was young, played for the Orioles early in the fifties and got, oh, wow. and you know, his career was over, but I mean, he, you know, I talked apparently, you know, my brother Scott tells me this, but I always talked, I'm going to work in the movie business. I'm going to work in the movie, but, and he always kind of fought me, um, on it, you know, you know, wanted me to have a more practical job mm-hmm. until he saw that I was very successful and, and he really kind of the same thing. He's pulled me aside one time and said, you know, I'm sorry if I ever held you back. I just, I said, no, dad, I said, you just wanted what was best for me and what was best for me was what you thought. And he goes, because he said, you know, you've had a great career and he, you know, so, and it was great. And my father, you know, ended up producing a play I wrote in, in Los Angeles in 1992. And it was, you know, so it was great. You know, that's awesome. We can come around, you know, Mm -hmm. I have one more for you. Okay. If you could spend a day with Walt Disney, what would you do? Okay. I would go up, him and I would go to his apartment above the firehouse and I would make him make me a grilled cheese sandwich on his grilled cheese sandwich maker, mm-hmm. uh, which is up there uh, still to this day. And he mm. would have a grilled cheese sandwich every day when he was up. Well, this is what they tell me, but yeah. I always thought that would be so cool, you know? That would be cool. Maybe have some tomato soup too if it's cold outside. But yeah, mm. no, I think it would be great. I mean, it would be amazing to, you know, be able to talk to him and, you know, just pick his brain a little bit. Because I think oh, he's sure. be blown away with the technology, you know? I really do. I mean, it's, Do you it's, think he would like where the parks have gone? Well, how can you not? I mean, it's been successful, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Again, it's a bot, you know, things are, it's, it's a business and the business has to make money. I think you would be very proud of, of all the accomplishments, you know? Mm-hmm. Jim, what are you working on now? I, I know you have a, a theater company. I, I know you, you have some, some projects coming up. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, what I'm working on in the prop world is uh, I just finished, just wrapped uh, the show Frasier with uh, the reboot with Kelsey Grammer. Nice. Uh, we'll be going back to season two, hopefully here uh, in the near future. I'm also working on uh, How I Met Your Father uh, with Hillary Duff. And those are my real jobs. The, the, <laughs> the I, this is how I pay my mortgage jobs, although I'm very blessed to have them. Uh, but my dream is uh, was always to have my own theater company. And I'm co-founder with my very dear and close friend, Kathy McCauley. Uh, her and I just started Harvest Theater Company, and uh, we are in the process in pre-production. We start rehearsals uh, this month on the 17th, and we will be doing our first play in uh, Los Angeles called Feast of Fools about a dysfunctional family on Thanksgiving Day at the Hudson Theater, and it opens on September 14th. Plug, plug, plug. And how long will it run? Uh, it's a two-week run. And okay. you can go to harvesttheatercompany.com and get all the information. But uh, it's a, certainly a dream come true. We have some an incredible cast. And, uh, you know, what's really been a blessing is, uh, you know, having really A-lister crew people from uh, the film and TV business come and help me, uh, like built our sets and, and painted our sets. And, you know, our gaffer from Frazier's coming and he's lighting our set and, you know, it's all that. So it's, it's like a real family and I mean, I couldn't be happier. So I'm just blessed. So that's amazing. And I'll, I'll drop a link down in the episode description for that. For, so harvest theater company, T H E A T E R company.com. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Jim, I yeah. loved spending this time talking with you. You were just such a delight. And oh, your stories were so interesting to me. And just thank you so much for your time. And I, I've loved communicating with you over the past, uh, what, month and change? Yeah. Yeah. Just thank you so much for being a guest. I, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you asking me. And I really love your podcast. And uh, I would really appreciate it if we could uh, make it a priority to stay in touch and uh, keep each other abreast of what we're doing. Absolutely. And, and like I said, if I'm going to be at Disneyland next week with my daughter, I don't know if you have any plans to be in the parks, but if you do, please shoot me a text so we can connect. 
Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll talk when we're done with this and, uh, you okay. let me know the, the actual dates and, uh, you know, I'll get, I'll get out there and say hi. Okay. All right. So I'm going to stop recording. So to the listeners, I'm going to say bye. Jim's going to say bye. And then you'll hear the outro in a minute. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And that'll do it for this episode of The Mouse and Me. If you liked what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review, and tell all of your friends. And if you didn't like it, well, tell your enemies. Be sure to follow me on the socials by searching The Mouse and Me. You can also email me at themouseandmepodcast at gmail.com and visit patreon.com slash themouseandme to support the show. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever and see you real soon. Mm-hmm.